This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. According to Barbara Kahn, director of the J.H. Baker Retailing Center at Wharton, the increasing popularity of social media has two implications for marketers. First, customers now control the message, and second, companies must make sure that key elements of their brand can translate throughout the world. In a recent interview with Wharton MBA candidate Alexandra Idle, Khan discusses her new book, Global Brand Power, Leveraging Branding for Long-Term Growth. The brand is a mechanism for growth and how companies can become more customer-focused. I'm here today to speak with Barbara Kahn regarding her new book, Global Brand Power. Barbara currently serves as the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing and Director of the J.H. Baker Retailing Center at the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. So Barbara, I'm curious as to what inspired you to write a book on global brand power. Well, I th- although there are plenty of books on, on branding out there, I did think that there was a few advantages of this one. First of all, it's short, which I really think is a big advantage for bus- busy bus- business people. But second of all, I think things have changed in that branding. It's much more important to understand the global implications of your brand. And many people today started with a brand that was in their local market or for a particular product and didn't consider the implications of the global marketplace. So that's one thing. And secondly, in this world of social media and internet, uh, what it means to be a brand is different because of those different mediums and different types of communication. So throughout your research, uh, were there anything in particular that surprised you, uh, any findings as you were writing the book, or anything that surprised you? I don't know if it surprised me, but if I had to think of the thing that I think is most important or, or that you really should think about is how to use the global brand as a mechanism for growth. And to think about that even when you're starting out you know, as a very small startup or wherever you are in your business cycle, to think about the implications of a global brand as a way to grow into new markets across different products and has serious implications when you start planning the positioning of your brand. Can you give me some examples maybe of great global brands who have leveraged themselves in the way that you just mentioned? Well, I mean, the biggest brands, you know, Coca-Cola or Toyota or any of those global brands are certainly a brand that means the same basic brand positioning and messaging world over. Um, Where it used to be brands might mean one thing in the U.S. and something different in Europe, now because of uh, the Internet and because the the world is flat, you really have to think about what the message is across the different markets, and there still exist differences, cultural differences, geographic differences, uh, differences in distribution. And so to understand how a brand works in different markets is complicated. It's kind of an easy concept, but it's hard to implement. So can you talk a little bit more maybe about how social media and the internet is playing a role in global brands and specifically how a Coca-Cola is using uh, social media to strengthen its brand or if it's using it um, as a detriment? Well, the interesting thing, and one of the big changes in branding, 
100 years ago, brands were very product focused. Then brands became very much customer focused. So you really talked about a brand in terms of what it meant or what value it had to the customers. In the world of social media, the reason why it's really different is it's customers talking to other customers about the brand. So you lose control of the message unless you have a very strong DNA and a strong brand community. So the customers are transferring the message the way you want. That, that's very hard to do. And a lot of the, um, what the brand means is communicated through discussions in social media, through chats, through blogs, through things that the manufacturer or the brand owner doesn't control so much. And so unless you really position the brand in a very strong way and people understand its DNA, you run the risk of detrimental things being said about your brand or vague things, lack of consistency. So it's a very hard world to control. Um, and then maybe if you could also talk a little bit about um, how companies can sustain a long-term competitive advantage, leveraging um, you know key components of brand power. Yeah, so that is what you're going to try to look for. You know, you don't want to just do it for the short term. You want to think about it for the long term, but that's difficult because it's hard to predict what the world is going to look like. It's hard to predict how competitors are going to react to you, and you're constantly having to change and adapt. So what it suggests is that you try as hard as you can to think somewhat into the future about what your brand is going to mean, but you constantly have to monitor your positioning, monitor what customers are saying, what your competition's doing, keeping your brand fresh, keeping it relevant, and responding well to the competition and what they're doing. And are there key strategies for keeping your brand fresh and relevant? Well, you know, I guess the biggest important, the most important thing is to be market aware. Um, and that's another thing, by the way, that I tried to put in the book was different ways of getting um, market research or understanding the voice of the customer. So there's a lot of metrics that are out there. There's a lot of brand valuation. You have to defend to the finance and accounting types in your organization why it's worth spending so much money on building a brand or marketing. And to do that, you need to understand the brand value. You also need to understand what the customers are thinking about the product or the brand. And um, that's you can't always just ask them. So there's some there are techniques described in the book that you can kind of figure out from the way the customers respond or you know there's one thing called the Zmat where you ha let them take pictures. They may not be able to verbally tell you what they think about the brand, but they can kind of show you their emotions and their metaphors that they're using for the brand. And in order to keep the brand fresh, you have to constantly monitor and measure brand activity. And could you maybe also uh, discuss a little bit about um, key components that make up a strong global brand, uh, you know, that you kind of talk about throughout the book? Yeah, well, the key components are the brand positioning. That, that's the most important thing. And so you have to figure out who's your frame of reference, what brands are, what's your competitive set. So if you're a luxury brand or if you're a brand for the masses or what are the brands that you're competing with? And then relative to that frame of reference, what's your point of difference? So that's fundamental to a brand positioning, to understand who your competitive set is and why you are better than that competition. The other thing that I think really helps in thinking about a brand is to think about the emotional characteristics and the person characteristics. So frequently, you want to think of a target user for your brand. Now, your brand may be broader than that target user, but if you have a target user 
in mind and thinking about the brand positioning, it comes up with a much sharper brand. So for example, while everyone might own an Apple, the target user tends to be someone who's designy or creative, you know, a young design kind of person might be who you would think of as the target user for Apple. It doesn't limit who might buy the brand, but it gives you a clearer vision of what that brand is. And a very clear, consistent image and positioning for the brand is fundamental. So do you recommend all brands have sort of a brand personality of what you refer to in the book? And can you give an example of, of a great brand that has a great brand personality? Yeah, so brand personality refers to like traits of a brand, and you kind of think of a brand like a person. Um, and so uh, sincerity is a brand personality trait. So Hallmark is a sincere brand. Um, or other kinds of brand personality things might be um, rugged is one of right. them, traditional. Um, and what they really are, the, and, and you can measure them. There, there's a set that I describe in the book that's about seven personality traits um, that come from one particular research study that Jennifer Ocker did. She's a Stanford professor. But the idea really is to think about the personality of the, of the brand, the voice of the brand. Going back to social media, a lot of the discussion nowadays, like we were talking about in that Facebook meeting that we were at, um, is if you have a brand, a, a brand voice within Facebook, what's the voice? of that brand? And is it a consistent voice that's going over? And that's another way of thinking about the personality of the brand, thinking about the, the voice of the brand. What are some of the, the challenges that you see companies today facing in building brands, and what advice can you give them to overcome these challenges? Well, the first one is it's expensive. So you really do have to justify. That's another reason why I think thinking of it as brand as a mechanism for growth is so important because it costs so much money to build a strong, reliable, consistent brand that you want to be able to leverage that investment. And so one of the things is this notion of justifying the expense. The other thing is, as you were, as you were alluding to, the competition changes, the market changes, and the brand has to continue to be relevant. And so if you don't think in terms of a brand as a global brand, and, and you start out with a brand that's too limited, it's very hard to let it keep going and changing with changing times and changing strategic directions. So keeping the brand modern, keeping it relevant, responding to customer needs, responding to changes in the market place and justifying the investment that you have to put into building a brand, all of those things I think are the challenges for a brand. And how do you see social media playing out in terms of a challenge or the internet for uh, building brands? Do you think it will help them moving forward or um, what do you see them you know, leveraging it even further going forward in the future? Well, you know, social media is here, so you kind of have to play along with it. It can be a great advantage because there's no stronger um, recommendation for a brand than one customer to another. So if I tell you I love this brand, that's a very authentic message. And when those messages are carried through through social media, they're quite compelling. On the other hand, the problem is you don't always control it. And so it's kind of a love-hate relationship that you have with social media. But I, I don't think it's going away. So it's a function really more of how to leverage it and how to, how to keep it together and keep it as a positive influence for the brand. And what is maybe the one or two key brand management tools that you want the business community or, or just companies in general to take away from um, your book? 
I think, I mean, I, I, I kind of lined up the way I, I did the chapters in some sense. The first thing, the first message is, if you want to have a strong brand today, it's got to be customer focused. So you have to understand the customer. And how does the customer think about the brand on the path to purchase? So that's one message. The second message is, you have to think about your brand relative to the competition. So what's the brand positioning? It has to be a positioning that's simple, quick, that the customers get immediately, and that it's a compelling uh, positioning. So that's two. The third one is measurement. So you have to, in order to constantly monitoring the brand and justifying the investment, you need to monitor what customers think about the brand over time, and you need to m measure all sorts of different brand metrics that tell you the health of the brand, kind of like a brand report card. And then the last thing is this brand for growth. Um, so how can you leverage, once you have a strong brand, how can you leverage it across other products into different markets? And I guess the last piece is what are the brand communication mechanisms? How do you use logo? How do you use color? How do you use advertising? How do, what are the tactics for keeping a brand fresh and growing the brand over time? Great. And then I guess what are the key differences that you see in a strong, that a strong global brand have has versus um, maybe a brand that's trying to, to grow or trying to go global? Well, a global brand is incredibly p powerful. We know from the valuation mechanisms, a brand like Coca-Cola is worth $70 billion. You know, a very strong brand is worth millions and millions of dollars. Why is it worth so much? Because people recognize it instantly. You can bring out new brands under that. It, it, it has very high brand awareness. When people are thinking about what brand to use, they think about brands that they can recall easily. That's very clear what the brand means. You don't have to do a lot of advertising once you have that brand message message in a customer's head. So you keep you can keep your customers very loyal once you really have a strong brand. You can have a, an emotional tie. So a strong brand gives you an incredible advantage. Great. Thank you. Thank you. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.